What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back. And yo, I got a special guest for you guys today. We have Lewis Riddick from ESPN Monday Night Football, uh, former Oakland Raider. I mean, we've got <laughs> the accolades just go on and on, but Lewis is going to be coming on. We're going to be talking about some Raiders football. We're going to be talking about uh, Monday Night Football, things that have been going on around the league, and kind of dive into some of those questions to get some of those things answered that the fans want to know about. Um, things that are going on with the Raiders, things that he sees as an analyst, uh, things that, you know, we particularly may not see as fans or other fans may not particularly see. Um, so it's it's going to be really interesting to dive into this conversation and get a, per, a unique perspective from somebody who is watching all 32 teams on a consistent basis and talking about all 32 teams on a consistent basis, but then also has that close-knit family to the Las Vegas Raiders as a former Oakland Raider and you know mind you he only paid a, a few years with the Raiders but you know the saying once a Raider always a Raider uh, once you're part of that family once you're part of the organization you don't go away uh, unless you're of course Randy Moss or AB but that's neither here nor there so I'm gonna take a quick break before we get into it gotta pay some bills here right also while you guys are waiting before we head off into this interview Please, please, please go into Apple Podcasts if you're listening on Apple. Hit me with five stars. Leave a comment. Leave a review. A few words. Something nice. I love to see it. I love that feedback. It also, that's the way that I can gauge that you guys are really enjoying what I do. I mean, obviously, um, the interactions that we have on, on social media will give me a little bit of that. But those comments, those feedbacks, those reviews... That's where we get a lot of our feedback from. So please, five stars, leave a review, drop a comment, and uh, get ready for this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so we're back right now with former Raider, NFL executive, and now ESPN analyst, and also one of the hosts of Monday Night Football. You can catch him on Twitter at LRiddickESPN. Lewis Riddick, how are you, my man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, Kenny. It's good to finally be on here with you, man. Uh, you know, I, I know I always follow, you know, the things that you're talking about on, on social media and stuff, and it's, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for your father, man, and I have a lot of respect for all the Raiders, so I'm just, I'm just glad you had me on here. No, I'm glad to have you on. I know that, you know, Raider Nation loves you. Um, you're huge in the football community. We see you every day on, on ESPN. But before we get into football, one of the things I want to talk about is this finals. Did you? I know you got to watch it last night. What, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah look, man, I, I can't lie. I was, I was pulling for Phoenix because Coach Monty is someone who, you know, everybody knows his story and the tragedy yeah. that he's been through and the hardship he's been through. So you root, you root for guys like that, of course, man. And, uh, you know, I, I like to kind of get on board with teams before they actually get to a certain level, you know, of success. And Phoenix is one of those teams way back in December, January. I mean, I was, I'd always known about Devin Booker, so I've always been a big fan of his and just watching his rise from a guy who wasn't even a starter in college to being one of the superstars of the league. So I've, I've been pulling for them, man. And so last night, look, my family all wanted Milwaukee to win. My, my son, who's 10 and plays basketball now, is a huge Giannis fan. So I caught a lot of crap last night watching that game, man. And as it, as it was winding down, I just got up and left the room. And they were all watching the celebration. I was just like, yeah. But, you know, I, I, of course, you respect, the hell out of, you respect the hell out of Giannis, man. His, his story yeah. is second to none as far as persevering and all that stuff. So. My hat's off to them, to the Bucks. No doubt, no doubt. And then you know, Monty's a class act going into the locker room and and talking to the team after that. I mean, you don't you don't yeah. see that in the league. You don't see that in very much. Um, no. You know, you're not going to see you're not going to see many coaches do that, if any. Um, so that was it was really exciting to see. But you know, we're you know pivoting. We're talking about football, and we yeah. got 50 days until kickoff. Monday yeah, night man. football. We're in Las Vegas. You were there last year. You got to got to check out your brick. I see it behind you. Yeah. Um, but what's it going to be like with fans in the stadium this time? Yeah, you know, I mean, I've, I've been I've been periodically this summer tweeting about the fact that fans being at sporting events overall, you know, this past spring, especially, you know, the ramp up to the NBA finals, you see more and more and more fans. Right. And with last night and that, you know, I guess they call it the Deer District or whatever it's called up there in, in Milwaukee. You see 60-something thousand fans out there on top of the people inside. And you see just how it just changes things. Yeah. Then you see with this, with the, you know, with the Euros this past year with soccer, you know, how when teams score goals, just that sound, the roar of the crowd, like, and you start going, man, you don't, you, you then start to really realize just how hard it must have been for guys last year. And I knew it was hard for guys being in the Monday Night Booth with no fans last year. But when you contrast it with what you're hearing right now as these fans start coming back in, you realize, man, this is really what it's all about. So then fast forward it to the Monday Night Game opening weekend out there between the Raiders and the Ravens. No fans at all have ever been in the stadium. 
Yeah. The game we did last year, you might have been might as, might as well just been playing that in a big airport hangar. Just quiet. In our head with our headset on, it didn't feel that way because you know you hear the Monday night music and all. But it's just quiet. I said this just the other day. I'm sure I'm gonna be overcome with emotion just hearing fans. Just hearing, especially when the Raiders come running out of the tunnel before yeah. opening kickoff. You know how that's gonna those people are gonna lose their freaking mind. Oh, and yeah. I wouldn't want it any other way. And I'm sure you're gonna probably see a lot of tears flowing and stuff because that's really what the game is about. You've been around the game your entire life. You know what it means to the Raider fans overall to be present with their football team. And it's Monday Night Football against the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, et cetera. Et cetera. That's a big time game, man. That's yeah. a big time for everybody. So Vegas is going to be, I mean, Vegas is going to be lit that whole weekend. And I cannot oh, yeah. wait to get out. Yeah, I actually, I had a, uh, last year we did, we did a watch party out in Vegas and it was wild because, you know, bars were at like 25% capacity. Um, We did a watch party and the atmosphere in that bar. I mean, they, they went a little bit over 25, but everybody was masked up and they they were doing the thing, but it was crazy. I mean, just the, the, the amount of Raider fans that were in Las Vegas during a Mm -hmm. pandemic Mm -hmm. when everything shut down, you know, how we turn up. And so it's going to be exciting. Um, yeah. But, you know, what was it like for you going into that stadium for the first time, just checking it out? Yeah, you know, for for me, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I'm I'm so old school and so traditional about things that instantly my mind went back to the days of playing in Oakland and thinking about what it was like to come running down that tunnel in Oakland out behind the bench, make the right, go down towards the black hole come out the end zone with the Raiderettes being there and the autumn wind playing and the speaker. I mean, that, that gives you goosebumps just picturing that and seeing Mr. Davis standing there with the towel over his shoulder, watching everybody come out. So I thought about all of that when I walked into that stadium, that man, you know, this is a long way away from that because now you've got a shiny black exterior, you know, you've got, I mean, the place is immaculately uh, outfitted as far as, you know, the color scheme is all black and silver, yeah. I mean, obviously, naturally. The field looks impeccable and all. But you think about, like, I thought about where I had played and all the great Raiders who had played on that field in particular, fast-forwarding it to now, but there's nobody here. And, but, and you just kind of think of all, all the tradition, all the pageantry that's going to eventually come when there are people in there, and just how much Raider fans overall, Raider Nation overall, deserves to have – a place where they can all go and watch their team play that's on par with everyone else. And that's not, again, that's not taking away anything from the Coliseum, which right. I loved. Many people would say that place is a pit. There's no one, no wonder they <laughs> had to get out of there. Well, that's true in many ways. Yeah. But it's also where some of the greatest games ever were ever played. So you don't want to ever lose that, but you need, you know, you need to come into, you know, you need to transition into a new, into a new era. I just want to see, you know, I, I want to see people, I want to see all the old Raiders there, all the guys on the sideline, like like two years ago, right? So when we did Monday Night Football and we were part of the doubleheader and it was uh, the Raiders versus, what was that, that Monday Night game? It was the Rams. It was, the Broncos, it was the Broncos. Right? Raiders and the yeah, Broncos, Broncos two years ago. And down on the field, yeah, we had done a preseason game, I believe it was against the Rams. So down on the field before that game, 
Lester was down there. Mike Davis was down there. And, and I'm, sitting, I'm sitting there thinking, like, this is the freaking judge. This is Lester Hayes, <laughs> man. You know, and, and so and I'm sitting there talking to him. And I'm like, Lester, man, you look like you could line up right now. And the, one of the cool things that he said was, he said, look, man, if you, he goes, you, you understand how big of a family we are, all of us guys who played here. And he goes, man, we just love listening to you. Listen to you talk about us, talk about the team, talk about the league. And there was such a huge sense of pride, Kenny, about, you know, just how, you know, recognizing and realizing how much of a brotherhood it is in the NFL overall and then the Raiders in particular. Yeah. That I just want to see what that looks like in this new stadium in Vegas with all the glitz and glamour surrounding it. I hope every damn Raider that can possibly make it to that game is there and on the sideline. Cause I want to see them all. Cause I'm like a kid when I see those guys. Yeah. I'm like a little kid when I see Lester Hayes and those, I'm like a little, I'm just like, Oh my God. I'm like, man, you got some stick them in your pocket. Let me, let me, you know, <laughs> I mean, I love that stuff. Yeah. I can't get enough of that. And that ain't manufactured Kenny. That's real, man. That's just how I feel about those things. So it couldn't have started for me personally at a better place than to go out there for a Raider game against the Ravens, great team, great coaching staff, great individual players. It doesn't get any better. Than that. And I think it gives us, I think that, you know, we saw the Raiders on at home last year. They lost a few games. Um, yeah. Talk about, you know, the house, the house loses in Vegas. I think that that yeah. changes when you have fans. We know yeah. how, we know how a Raider nation stadium can be and change yeah. that whole perspective of the game. You know, mm-hmm. now looking at this team, um, now, obviously, there's been some some moves recently. Um, Kirby Wilson retired. Mark Bedane yeah. resigned abruptly. Yeah. Is there something for fans to be concerned about? Well, I think I don't know if I don't, I don't know if concern is the right word, but I, I will say this: I'm sure that from a fan's perspective, they are starting. Their patience is probably starting to wear thin relative to what the expectations are when you trade away Khalil Mack, create a ton of cap space, have a lot of draft capital at your disposal, bring back John, a guy who was beloved by Mr. Davis himself, was beloved by Mark Davis. You have Derek Carr. You are able, you have, you bring in all these number one draft picks. You have one of the best offensive lines at one point in time in the NFL, arguably. Yeah. That's taken apart. You have your choice of drafting any wide receiver in the draft. You draft Henry Rose. Now, Henry may turn out to be the man. I don't know, but there's a lot of guys. When you see guys like Justin Jefferson and Brandon Ayuk and guys like that who are just balling right off the bat, and, and Henry's not necessarily giving you the return on investment you want, again, I start go, people start then picking things apart. Mm-hmm. So then when you have Kirby, you know, retire and or step down or walk away, whatever it is. And you have the team president abruptly within a matter of days before training camp starts and a couple of weeks before the regular season starts and his crown jewel that he helped build. He doesn't get to see it to capacity. Step down. People start going, OK, now all of a sudden that, that spotlight gets brighter and brighter and brighter and deservedly so, because the fact is. Mark Davis did not pay John the money he's paying him and bring him back for them to be a middle of the pack team. And for him to have to always, and for the organization to have to always 
you know, be selling hope in the offseason again and again and again. No, this year's our year. No, this year's our year. No, this year's our year. Fans get tired of that. John knows that. Mark knows. Everybody knows that. Right. It's a bottom line business. I just listened to a to a you know a, a press conference of Nick Saban at the SEC Media Days about the fact of the matter being that sports at the highest level, it's just about winning, man. You can talk about all the things you want to talk about. Nobody cares. Chris Paul yeah. just said this the other day. Nobody cares about your story if you're not winning. And nobody's going to care about this stadium, about coaching turnover, about players not hitting or injuries, you know, taking sucking the life out of your team or the ball not bouncing away if you're not winning. Nobody cares. And the Raiders are reaching the point in this current regime's tenure to where no one cares about your excuses or anything that's going wrong because you ain't winning. Yep. And you're in a division now that you have the best quarterback that this league has probably ever seen, maybe ever. You have a second-year quarterback who came in and had one of the best rookie seasons in the history of the game. And I know you like to rib the Chargers fans, and I, I love, <laughs> I love, I love but, but Justin Herbert is the truth. He's and you good. have another team in Denver that they are basically a quarterback. They have nobody really playing quarterback right now. If they got a quarterback, look out. That team's coming, too. So the Raiders have to get it going. It can't just always be about hope, selling the next year, the next year, the next year. John knows that better than anybody. Yeah. And with this stuff, when you see team, when you see people leaving the organization, that makes you go, what's going on? What's going on? I don't like to see that. Like I want to see the Raiders win personally. Yeah. Because look, I mean, right behind me, like I, this is the one jersey and pair of pants that I got hanging up in my office. I got some pit stuff over here, but I, that's my uniform that I wore the last game I played in the Raiders, for the Raiders. So I, I know that I have a personal connection to this football team, and it is disappointing to see people leaving and having there be questions about this team instead of there being legit excitement about how do they, that, that, like in terms of they have some of the ingredients to topple the Kansas City Chiefs and be a true player in the AFC. That's what you want the story to be. And right now, I'm sure fans are kind of looking a little bit side-eye at this team, like, what are you going to do? Yeah. How's it going to be? Well, in a couple of weeks, it's Monday night, man. Fans are back. So there's people who have those questions are going to be right there on top of this team, watching everything that's going on, from John's body language on the sideline to Derek Carr's body language to John and Derek's communication to this defense. How is this going to look now? Yeah. How much better are y'all going to be, Gus? What's the deal now? You're the savior. Tons of number one draft picks, particularly in that secondary. A lot of money. Hey, man, it's time to win. I think that's the biggest question. Yeah, I think that's the biggest question is this defense. You know, I know that Derek Carr gets a lot of criticism. You know, he he gets a lot of criticism. Yeah, but too much. And that's my opinion as well. You know, we look at the defense and obviously, you know, you could put People say you put Pat Mahomes on this team and, and they're they're going to win a Super Bowl. I don't see it. Not with this defense. Yeah. yeah, look, you know, again, it's funny. It's funny that you say this because, again, I was just sitting out in my in my living room watching the SEC media days and listening to Nick Saban, the coach at Alabama, talk about how his philosophy has changed over the years, especially in college football, in regards to how do you win. And he thought that as long as you play great deep, you know, for so long, play great defense, control the clock, 
play efficient offense, you win games. Well, the game has changed. The game is about being able to score points, especially in the college level. And if you mm-hmm. can't score score points, you're just not able to play defense the same way you were able to 10, 15 years ago because the rules have changed, et cetera. Right. So, look, in, in, in the NFL, in many ways, it's kind of the same because they're making it easier and easier for you to play offense and harder and harder for you to play defense. But you have to be able to play competent defense. You can't be bottom of the barrel just getting blown up on defense. And quite honestly, that's what has been going on with the Raiders. They don't even play competent defense. And so what happens is they expect Derek in this offense to make up for all the deficiencies that are that exist on defense. And they think, well, you know what? The heck, you know, and fans overall think, well, the heck with the defense. Derek's just not good enough. Because it's an offensive-driven league, you got to score points, and he don't score enough of them. Well, look, man, um, we see what ha- we saw what happened in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. To um, to Pat Mahomes when he or Patrick Mahomes. I don't want to catch any flack for that anymore. <laughs> so we saw what happened when he doesn't have help. It's still a three-phase football game at the NFL level, maybe even more so than it is in college. You still have to play a certain level of complimentary football. And quite honestly, in Vegas, they haven't played good enough complimentary football for Derek or for really any quarterback to really have sustained success of the level that would manifest itself in championships. Raider fans don't want you to just be good. They don't want to just be respectable. This team has won Super Bowls, man. Right. This team has Hall of Famers. I mean, they got two guys going in the Hall of Fame that I get to talk about in a couple of weeks and Coach Flores and Charles Woodson. That's what their standard is. Not just to be, okay, well, we're not bad. We're over 500. No, that's not the standard. And the only way they're going to get there, quite honestly, is they better do something to improve this defense and help Derek out. Because Derek had one of the best seasons of his career last year. And I know, again, just like you pointed out, he's a victim of being compared to guys like Patrick and compared to guys like Aaron Rodgers. And compared to Tom, Tom Brady, Tom Brady didn't win the Super Bowl. His team won the Super Bowl. Right. They ran the ball down Kansas City's throat and beat them up on defense and sacked the living hell out of Patrick Mahomes. Raiders don't do – I mean, that's what they – so people need to keep all that in perspective and stop trying to make this a one-man show and Derek's just not good enough because he's plenty good enough for them to win at the highest level. But the rest of the team is not or has not been to this point. We'll see what the 2021 version looks like. I'm excited. I'm excited. I think that obviously offensively, there's a couple question marks on the offensive line. Is Alex Leatherwood going to be a guy that can step in and be that starting right tackle? Um, You know, is Andre James going to be a guy that can fill Rodney Hudson's huge shoes? But, But looking at this team, Offensively, I think that we're okay. I think we're I think we're set offensively. Looking yeah. defensively, what do you expect from this defense? I know that we talked a lot about the defense needs to get better, but what do you expect from these guys? I think, you know, one of the things on defense that you have to be good at, and see, people like sometimes misinterpret this comment about you before you can win, you have to learn how to not lose. I think that applies to this defense, meaning this they can't beat themselves first and foremost because they don't communicate and then give up explosives in the back end to where, you know, you're playing good defense, you're playing good defense, you're playing good defense, and then a team just guts you with a huge plus 20, plus 30, plus 40-yard play through the air because you have communication issues because either there's miscommunication, you don't quite understand the scheme, the scheme isn't very sound, whatever it is. So I think first and foremost, Kenny, 
Gus has to be able to make sure that this team really reduces the likelihood that it's going to beat itself because it plays dumb or it isn't prepared. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, then getting them as a unit to be able to play like this instead of like this. This right here gets coaches fired and players cut and traded. <laughs> yeah. This gives you a chance to – meaning I'm not beating myself over three and a half hours or however long a game is going to take. You're going to beat yourself before we beat ourselves. And a lot of times – look, New England has ridden that kind of philosophy. Not to say they, don't, they haven't had great players because they have. But they have – I know Bill teaches that because I was taught that by Bill in Cleveland. Over three and a half hours, more times than not, a team will figure out a way to screw it up. If you don't, if you are able to maintain your consent. So that's the number one thing that Gus has to teach this defense. Stop giving up big explosive plays and making critical errors at critical moments, because from a pure talent perspective, they've got talent. They've got skill. Can they rush the passer well enough in the NFL, which is the number one thing you better be able to do from a defensive perspective? Yeah. Probably not still. So the only way, so you have to make up for that in other ways. You have to coach them to be able to force turnovers, not give up big plays, play great third down, red zone, two minute defense, all the things that have been tried and true for years and are going to be tried and true for years in the future about defensive play that Paul Gunther wasn't able to get done for them, who John had picked to be his defensive coordinator. Now he changed it. Again, I just wrote this the other day on a piece on ESPN Plus. This falls on John having the right guy to put the pieces in place that he drafted as much respect as I have for Mike Mayock and his career as a broadcaster and now as a GM, John is building this team. This is on him. Yeah. They have to get that right because you're right. The offense is going to be fine. From an efficiency perspective last year, they were good enough to win double digit games and be a contender as far as a wild card team. And they show that they can play with the big boys. They beat Kansas City on the road. They can do it. The defense isn't good enough. And until they address some of those other things, in addition to making sure they have the good enough players, they're not going anywhere. So that's where my focus, I promise you, will be opening weekend. Have they made the improvements or haven't they on that side of the ball? And ultimately, that responsibility goes right up the food chain and stops at John Gruden. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. So who's a guy that you have your eyes on on this defense this year? Who's who's a guy that that you expect to stand out? Look, Max Crosby has always been one of my favorite guys on yeah. this defense overall. Love Max. You know, Max, when he came out, nobody thought. I mean, I, I I don't think anybody was giving him a chance to be the premier defense alignment on this team simply because of one where he was drafted, as far as round wise, and two. There was so much attention being put on Cleveland as far as was he overdrafted? Wasn't he? Did they get the, you know, did they value him properly? That's where all the discussion was. But Max has really become one of those guys who, for me, is the heartbeat of this football team on the defensive side. And he needs help. He needs help. So guys like, look, John Abram has to be the guy who can channel all this aggression that he plays with into productive winning football week after week after week to where, meaning he can stay on the football field, stay healthy, not commit, you know, bad errors, 
not go for the kill shot all the time. Although I love, I love his style, <laughs> but he has to channel it correct, right? Trayvon Mullen, Damon Arnett, Arnett, these guys have to become consistent ballers like Lester was when he was there. Like, I mean, obviously, Mike Haynes is a, is a Hall of Famer. I mean, yeah. Mike Davis is a badass. badass. Van McElroy, these guys were all great Raiders. But you know what? The Raiders have a history of being great in the secondary. Yeah. They have a history of it. These guys have to live up to that, and that's not you know I don't you know I don't want people to say well that, those are very high expectations. Those are some of the great Raiders of all time. Well, no kidding. Those those are the expectations, and these guys who I've all mentioned, they're all first and second rounders. So it's not like you were drafted to be a mid-level player. You were drafted yeah. to be a pro bowler, an all-pro, help propel your team to win Super Bowls. I like all these guys. I liked all their skill sets when they came out of school. But as a unit, they haven't put the product on the field that's good enough yet. Gus Bradley has a history of being able to coordinate good defenses, runs a scheme that is not hard to learn, that really does allow you to play fast and let your skill set shine. All that stuff needs to come together. So I'm watching it all, Kenny. I'm watching it all. I'm excited. I think that, you know, you talk about Max. I think that one of the things that excites me about Max is him and Derek have, have built this friendship that, you know, kind of Derek and Khalil had. Um, so that that's exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, you have that you have those leaders that are on board. Um, you know, I know that yeah. we, you know, we're getting close to the end. One thing I want to ask is anything you want to leave Raider Nation with as we get ready to kick off season? Yeah, man. I mean, there's so many <laughs> things I could leave them with. Look, I love that fan base because it's passionate. It is invested. They defend the hell out of this franchise and this team and these players. You know, sometimes I agree with it. Most of the times I agree with it. A lot of times, especially with Derek Carr, I don't agree with, and I'll go after him and get yeah. back and forth with him. But the one thing I'll, I'll, I'll leave him with is this. Look, comp- continue to support this team. Be loud as hell on opening weekend. Have fun with it. Embrace it. Enjoy it. Enjoy your football team. Enjoy the fact that you're able to go into a stadium again. Look around. Take it all in. Be grateful for it. And hopefully they'll be able to put a product on the field on a week-to-week basis that at the end of the year allows you to continue playing once the postseason comes around. Because the league, look, sometimes this statement is overused about, you know, the league is better when certain organizations are better, blah, blah, blah. For the Raiders to be playing in the postseason is better for the NFL because there are so many fans who then continue to be invested at an even higher level because their their team is playing in the postseason. And when Raider Nation is invested in the postseason because their team is playing, that's exciting, man. No doubt. That's exciting. So support the heck out of this team. Be critical. Be mad if they don't perform. Let them know it but support them like hell when they're doing good. And so when you're zero and you're 0-0 and you haven't won a game yet, I expect that place to be just insanely loud when that team comes running out of the tunnel and they go to kick it off and that Monday night theme music starts being pumped through the loudspeakers. That gives you goosebumps now thinking about it. I can't wait till we get out. (laughs) I can't wait either. Lewis, I look forward to seeing you there Monday night. You're actually, you're going to be at the Hall of Fame as well, right? Yeah, man, I'll be there in a couple weeks. Two nights, you know, the 2020 and 2021 class being yeah. put in on consecutive nights. I mean, that's a star-studded lineup. Yeah. You know, I'll be on TV with Susie Culver and, and Chris Mortensen. And uh, 
when they when they got offered this assignment to me and asked me if I'd be interested in doing this, I was like, "Are you kidding me? This is one of the most well-known classes, one of the most star-studded classes, two classes, probably in the history of the of, of the Hall of Fame as far as name recognition. This is going to be great. I can't wait." Well, I'll be out there that I'll be out there that weekend as well. So hopefully, I'll run into you. Absolutely. And, uh, Make it if I point. don't see you then, yeah, no doubt. And if I don't see you then, I'll definitely see you Monday night. But uh, really appreciate you coming on, and I look Absolutely. forward to to seeing you Monday night football. You got it, man. Thanks for having me. So there you have it, Lewis Riddick, and it's expected. He brought the heat, uh, got me fired up. We're 50 days away from NFL kickoff, and I'm ready to go now. I'm ready to get in the stadium in Vegas in front of a sellout crowd, first time in the Death Star, in the Black Pearl, whatever you want to call it. The Raiders are finally home. And it's exciting. It's exciting to get ready to kick off on Monday Night Football against the Ravens. So Raider Nation, make sure you tap in. Make sure you hit that five stars. Leave a review. And uh, stay tuned because I got some more heat coming for you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.